0: Second talk. My guest tonight is an up-and-coming photographer. His name is Wilberry. He's a friend of mine. Hello, everyone. We had got to talk about some um, photography and filmmaking and the, the melding, the blending of those two fields, and uh, we figured we'd make a talk about it. Uh, I wanted to put a disclaimer on this episode. First first and foremost, this episode that we're going to be doing will be covering some sensitive content that may not be appropriate for young listeners. Um, We will be talking about some movies that do uh, include adults' content and situations. So if you have any children around, you may not want to play this episode right now. Or if that's something that bothers you, feel free to check out a different episode. Um, But yeah, so (laughs) there's your warning. (laughs) But yeah, so uh, we will, I guess we'll get into it. We were talking about photography in different movies. And literally, it's almost like, if not the first, um, one of the top... Uh, movies that come up when you do search photography in film uh, is the film, the Alfred Hitchcock film from 1954, Rear Window. Um, So we took Rear Window and we checked it out. So it's actually one of the few Hitchcock movies I have not seen. I saw The Birds. I've seen Psycho. I've seen a lot of the main staple Hitchcock films. Um, But I figured that this was my chance to really look at this film and take a deep dive. And since we're talking to somebody who's behind a camera, I thought that it would be a very interesting thing to look at. I personally really enjoyed this film. Like I said, I had not seen it. I actually, funny story, I had watched this movie, watched quote unquote, because I'd never finished it. I watched the beginning of it, I should say, of this film with my mom and my then girlfriend, now wife. And it's funny because I fell asleep right at the beginning of this film, and had not seen past the uh, opening title credits. So it's hilarious because uh, when I had woken up from whatever nap I took, I asked my, my girlfriend at the time, I, I was like, is the movie still on? She's like, "We that we finished that a while ago. So I had never seen this film, so I finally checked it out. I actually, I'm sorry, I take that back. I saw the quote-unquote establishing shot. It's very interesting because, you know, if you know Hitchcock, he doesn't necessarily do things, he does things in a Hitchcockian way. You know what I mean? He does his own thing, and, you know, that's part of his style. And so he doesn't do a standard establishing shot. At the very beginning of something to get you used to it, you know he literally walks you through when it opens up and you're following the cat going up the stairs, and then it circles around uh, counterclockwise and shows you all of the the houses and the well the the apartments, the windows, the fire escapes, all that, the residents, the people who live in this neighborhood, and it circles back and then finally uh, we meet. Um, Jimmy Stewart, Jimmy James Stewart from uh, It's a Wonderful Life. But yeah, like I said, uh, before I go too into it, I really enjoyed this film. I thought the way that it ended was really interesting and different than what I had figured would happen. But yeah, uh, so Will, what were your thoughts about this film before we start breaking it down too much?
1: So, So, as I was watching this movie... It reminded me of a few other movies that had a similar kind of thing to it, where someone was in a house and they saw something in uh, uh, another house. One movie is the Woman in the Window,
0: like a Disturbia,
1: and and that too. Yeah, that was the other movie I was trying to think of because there was a few.
0: So there was (laughs) with Shia LaBeouf, right? Uh, Disturbia.
1: Uh, the Woman in the Window, and then this one that I saw recently on Netflix that is kind of like a parody of this genre, uh, The Woman in the House Across the Street.
0: Oh, yeah. Um,
1: the Girl in the Window. Yeah. Right. It's, so not what I thought it was going to be.
0: The but, film with the stupid long name. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so as, as I'm watching this, and you had brought up that it, it was on – uh, the top of the list of movies uh, that have something to do with photography, I thought it it only barely had something to do with photography. Like the the guy's job that he was a photographer right. and got in the accident
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, trying to take that picture in the NASCAR or whatever that was, right and that was why his leg was broken.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like it it could have just as easily been any other job, and because the movie right, right. Uh, doesn't involve. Uh, anything with photography really? Aside from like the camera and the extra long lens right. that he was using, but like, outside of that, it wasn't anything about that. It was just about what he was seeing mm-hmm. uh, in the other house. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, uh, I did think it was interesting. Yeah, because it it kept going back and forth from making you feel like something actually did happen to Oh, it didn't happen. He was just uh, creating this fantasy mm-hmm. and then back to, oh, it did happen.
2: He got like but... new evidence yeah I, I it.
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and um, it, it was different. the establishing shot that was just kind of scanning across um, all of the the windows. Mm-hmm. and something I was thinking about the the windows in the rooms that uh, I feel like. From the point of view of uh, him in his room, everything would look normal looking out. But I would imagine that being in those rooms, the geometry of them would be slightly weird. Mm-hmm. More so when you went off to the right, just because everything had to be visible from the the outside. And those rooms further to the right, well, you would be looking more so at a wall as opposed to right down the middle of the bed or anything that it was just shown like in the middle in the frame
0: like where the pianist was because uh, where he was i'm i'm thinking not to cut you off but i think he was kind of like catty a little bit yeah. so it was as if the camera was elevated to where it was a normal shot but he would be seeing you wouldn't see like the piano and things like that you know what i mean
1: yeah right and I like that uh, Alfred Hitch- Hitchcock had his uh, cameo as the person in there fixing the clock. Oh, yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait
1: a second, I know that guy's face.
0: Yep. He's in a lot of his films. Uh, in The Birds, literally in the first, like, 10 seconds, you see him. It's yeah. really crazy when he makes his appearance in some of his films.
1: Yeah.
0: But um, the
1: other thoughts that I had, I liked that... Um, what was it that all of the sounds apparently so like with every other movie, they'll have uh, the Foley sounds where right. the sounds will be mm-hmm. recorded separately from what you're seeing, but then it'll be brought together to make it seem as if to the viewer, what you're seeing and what you're hearing are from the same thing. Right. But that these were all right. Oh, what do they call it, diegetic? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Um, where the sounds are coming actually from the thing you're seeing and there isn't any Foley.
0: Well, that's actually a different term. Uh, Diegetic and non diegetic uh, has to do with, so diegetic is what, um, how does it go? It's So if music in a film, like say the music that the pianist was playing, it's diegetic in that, our main character hears it. Everyone around them hears it, and we hear it. But non-diegetic music would be like the yeah. soundtrack to a to a movie. However, then uh, the it begs the question: at some point, certain movies where you have a character will, like say, dance. Uh, there is a part I forget which Spider-Man film, first mm-hmm. or second, where raindrops are playing or falling on my head plays, and as Peter, what's his name? Toby yeah. McGuire, as he's walking around, you know, he's kind of happy and things like that, and like in yeah. a good mood. He's portraying a mood, so but the music is not heard by him, so it becomes non-diegetic music. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. He's just in a good mood. However, what you're bringing up, I th- think it's it's a different kind of term. But that's when, like like you said, they capture the sound on set which is very irregular they don't typically do that and the reason why you would do that is so that that way the sound is completely authentic you know what i mean because a lot of right well it depends because again you know they shoot a lot of lines with booms and so the thing is is that the booms don't always because they're they're shotguns you know they only go uh, in a like a tunnel shape, like a, a cone, not a cone, uh, like a cylinder.
2: Yeah.
0: At whatever you're aiming it at. So everything else around it, I mean, that's kind of like my mic right now. There's different settings that I can turn it. Everything else around it, you go out of, um, and it doesn't hear you. Yeah. Like I'm not speaking directly into my microphone right now, and it's picking it up. However, on a mic like that, a regular typical boom that's used in um, a film, you know, I would not be being picked up right now. Yeah. I, I'll have to look that up. I forget what that is called, but, uh, it's, it's different. It's not diegetic and non-diegetic though.
1: Cause I thought that was like when, let's say in uh, car chase scenes, uh, when a car is stepping around corners and then you hear the, the throttle going that a lot of the times the sounds that you're hearing are not coming from the actual car that you're seeing. So those would Wait. be non-diegetic.
0: Um... Well, that would be a Foley sound, like the sounds, so if a car is like revving, even if the sound is foley in, mm-hmm. if the ma- character hears that sound, it's considered diegetic. Okay. Even if it's foley in, like Foley is, um, you know, editing, it's a post, you know what I mean? Yeah. So they, they put it in there, you know, or like horses. You know what I mean? Horses with the clopping sound, you know, they put that in there or stepping on snow or something. That's all, right. That's all, um, diegetic because they also hear it, but it's environmental noise to them. It's not like it's anything significant. Um, but like I said, non diegetic would be if we hear something or like a narration, we hear it, but the main character does not. Um, that's why a film like uh, Stranger Than Fiction is interesting because, the the main character also hears the narration which is not regular Mm -hmm.
1: and then uh were some other thoughts? oh so and this isn't so much of like an observation of this movie in particular but i think it's more so just like movies of this time the the lighting that like Mm -hmm. you can obviously tell and i think um because of like the limitations of film versus digital that we've gotten used to now that the low light is not as good as they are with uh, digital cameras to where things have to be overly lit or as like all the, the daytime scenes like none of that was the sun actually lighting that they were in a studio and that was all lights. And then Mm -hmm. uh, the, the same for nighttime. Uh, But, but, but you can tell, and, uh, You can tell even more so by the shadows behind them that they are casting on the wall from it clearly being uh, studio lights that that are being used to light them. Right. But um, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's not like specific to this movie, just um, about movies of that time and just the the differences that I was uh, noticing as I was watching it. Right. But yeah, hardly about photography. I would be curious to see what other movies uh, were on that list and how much photography actually played a role in the movie.
0: Well, we can pull up the list. I'll pull it up here in just a second. We, I can run through uh, some of the the films, oh. um, but then I do want to say a few things. Okay. Um, let's see. Let me get this this up real quick. This was it. Yeah, cuz um they have some other movies on here that photography is a element of the film like what we just watched, but it's not like phone booth to where it's all centered around that and it's so, you know, pivotal the the camera's almost a character, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not quite that level. But on this list from Resource magazine online dot com it's 40 movies about photography that every photographer should watch and rear window was number three um number three three. but before i get into the list i'll go over the list and then uh we can go from there uh but i do want to uh say a couple things about the film uh you're right in saying that it's really not about photography i mean he does use that telescopic lens to see some things close up but that's really it. I mean, this picture on IMDb has him holding binoculars and he holds binoculars and uses them almost as much as he does a camera. Yeah. So it's like it really doesn't matter per se. And he, never once does he take a picture of anything anyone's doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? He yeah. He does, however, in the final scene.
1: Oh, he the flash.
0: Right. He uses the flash and changes out the bulbs. Yeah. He does do that. So he uses camera things. Things, But it's not like he's actually taking a picture of anything going on. Never once does he show anybody a picture. I mean, granted, back then, too, it took a little bit of time to get it developed and all that, too. But I digress. Yeah. But I thought the film was interesting. It's very Hitchcockian um, when he's showing things happening inside of the apartments. It reminds me a lot of Psycho in some regards just how it's very everyday people's lives going about their business kind of thing. It kind of reminded me of some other films too, like uh, 28 Weeks Later, as well as um, the Christmas film Surviving Christmas. Um, Just like they had scenes where they looked at uh, different people from uh, people in the windows, you know what I mean, and what they do living their lives. And just like... um, glimpses into their lives you know what i mean because that's essentially what this film was this was a guy who was getting glimpses and interpreting things that were happening in other people's lives i do want to uh bring up a couple things real quick so i did do a little bit of homework for this film and i found out that central air because the film uh just to just to set it up so it's in new york they do at one point designate it because they talk about NYPD. So it is in New York. It, it, it has a New York feel to it, but it is New York for sure. Unless the person who is a detective came from New York and just complicates the whole thing. But it's, uh, I'm saying it's New York. So it's in New York and it is during the summer and it's very hot. And so, um, Jimmy Stewart main character he is sitting there and uh as you mentioned will you know he has a cast he's um you know he was in an accident getting a really good photo he tells us and that's why he was um was chilling and couldn't well not really chilling he was just hanging out and couldn't keep cool you know he was sweating it showed right at the beginning that he was sweating it showed the the a close-up on the thermometer to tell us it was hot yeah um, that's why everyone had their windows open right which gave you more of a reason why they were in front of the windows. There was even that one couple that uh, was sleeping in the fire escape. Um, it's funny because I actually found an article talking about that um, and I'll see if I can find that article but I looked up when Central Air became mainstream. Um, in It says New York City is a major exception. Uh, Central Air became and this is on CNNBC. Uh, C-N-B-C, Um, why window AC units are in New York but not in the rest of America. It says central air became mainstream later in the 1960s. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, retrofitting an old building with central air is expensive and complicated, so most New York buildings don't go to the trouble of making that renovation. So then that's why, you know, you and I, Will, both of us have been to New York. I mean, you're from New York. So, I mean, you... You know, you know, the whole seeing the air units yeah. outside, you know, hanging out of people's windows things. So that's where this all comes from. So it makes sense in 1954 that there was not central air in these buildings. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was also trying to figure out the setting, too, to see why it was so hot and it was New York. I was
1: going to say, the, the whole thing with the, the heat and the windows being open and, and coming from New York and being very familiar with those... Uh, the window and it's i could fully understand that before that time that was just what you had to do so like there was never any um moment where i was like why did these people have their the windows open it was like no, no no that makes sense it's hot there's no central uh cooling so that's the only thing that you had to to do
0: right which like i said he sets this up in a way that would make sense but it's it's funny because in today's world it doesn't make sense. You know, now you have Central Air. It's impossible to almost recreate this. And I'll go on in a in a minute about a an idea I had for a film, like a uh if they wanted to make a modern remake of this and how to set it and everything, because I think I found the perfect setting for this, but we'll go from there. But I wanted to say a few more things. Um I did enjoy this movie. I did like how there's a lot of, of like first-person POV kind of style shots um, with the binoculars or with the uh, the telescopic lens. This is a film that's an excellent example of all those things, and you know it's not something that you see in a lot of films, so it's it's something that I appreciated and the way that they incorporated it. It's interesting too because, like other Hitchcock films, there is drama built up, like when Lisa. Uh, she climbed into um, what was his name? Waldorf, something like that.
1: Oh, I. Oh, yeah, yeah. The the neighbor's uh, apartment. Um,
0: what was his name? Uh, oh, Thorwald. <laughs> I had that backwards. Thorwald. Um, Thorwald. That's oh, it. Yes, Thorwald's yes. apartment. Thorwald yeah when she climbed over like she like you know flipped over on the fire escape and then like stretched over and then she was in there and all that I was just like "Ah, ah." it's just one of those times to where you know Hitchcock is the master of suspense and that's where he earned that title you know what I mean it seems like those that he earned that title obviously among other films let me see I had one more let me see if I can find this tab real quick
1: before you get to that one problem uh, that I had a little bit with uh, just, mm-hmm. just some of the, the story of it, how mm-hmm. he didn't want to be with uh, Lisa Fremont because he was going to be yes. traveling and he was like, oh, well, you can't be in these conditions or whatever. He didn't even give her a chance to even find out if she could be in those uh, conditions or not. Just already wrote her off as, well, you can't be there.
0: Yes. And uh She, it's like, again, that's something that this day and age or that day and age that was, you know, seen as like, I mean, a woman didn't really make it. I mean, they did make advances, but like, you know, the woman's throwing herself at the man basically. And, 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 you know, that's not something that you see in film today because it's not something that we say is okay or that it's, it's not something that it's, it's not a thing that's done anymore. Yeah um you know she's very feminine she's very woman in the old archetype you know what i mean yeah. i mean even stella the maid says that basically that she does all this she brings him lobster dinner mm. you know what i mean like she brings him dinner and he's over here complaining she brought you lobster dinner uh. <laughs> you know what i mean, I mean uh, if I mean, I'm married, but if my wife came and brought me, you know, lobster dinner, married or not, it's like, uh, you kind of have to marry her. Like, he's, with Stella, he's like, no, 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 I don't want to marry her. And it's like, bro, she brought you lobster dinner. You really, it's like, what part of, what do you need the, where is the convincing, like, you know what I mean? Like, you should already have this decided. It's like, you're going to be with this girl, whether you want to or not. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? like she's throwing herself at you. And it's like, I do like how they did have that falling out. And she's like, I'll see you some other time. Probably tomorrow. Like, like I didn't really like that, that probably tomorrow or whatever, however she said it like tomorrow night, not until tomorrow night, something like that. I kind of wish that part wasn't in there just because I feel like I wanted his character to learn that he wanted to be with her. I uh, mean, yeah. he, as he sees, as she's in danger, he sees that he cares about her. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I feel like we could start with developing his feelings towards Lisa.
1: Like if he had a moment of feeling a little more sense of potential loss.
0: Right. And I just feel like it was cheapened when she's like, I won't see you until tomorrow night. Yeah. It's like she cheapened how he could feel about her you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I really liked Stella as a character. Um just the the, the insurance lady, maid lady that came in. Mm-hmm. It would be terrible to be laid up for 6 weeks. It's like you would yeah. have to have somebody especially if you were in an accident like that take care of you. And there was no Netflix at that time. <laughs> right. Like uh, that was a do you do? Right, that was actually thank you. That yeah. brought me to my other point. That is why he's looking. I actually looked up when television was popular. Yeah. And so, because that's the thing is that he doesn't have a TV. Oof. And during this time frame, what I found was that half of American homes at this time that the film takes place, cause it, it doesn't say when, but it's about modern times, you know what I mean? Given the technology. Yeah. So about this time about, I'm saying about a lot, but bear with me. It was uh, about every, like half of the homes in America had TVs. So since he travels a lot, it made a lot of sense for him not to have a TV. Yeah, like they do have the radio because the I think it was the pianist was like shaving or something, listening to the radio at the very beginning of the the film. Yeah. So there is radio, and but again, he doesn't have a radio or doesn't use it. My point though is is that that's why he doesn't have a TV.
1: Um. So I thought that. <laughs> and his only entertainment was just people watching.
0: Right right so it makes sense and that's also the reason too that you can't really blame him for just staring out the window because during that time like i'm saying during this time you can't blame him nowadays would be kind of creepy but you can't really blame him back then because there literally was nothing to do you know what i mean like and if you knew that he was holed up it's like you'd be like, "Oh, well, I just yeah. won't do things in front of the window, but this guy, you know he can't do anything. He's in a wheelchair, you know, he fell asleep in the wheelchair how many times, and they Stella told him not to. you know what I mean, like, so it makes I sense guess
1: all of those things uh could build a case for why him being a photographer would make more sense, like the the no t v the no radio. Nothing else to do. Right, he happens to have the long lines right. and the flash that came right. in handy towards the end of it. So, like, right, yeah, I, I guess that that mm-hmm. would work best uh, for that to be his profession. But yeah, it just it,
0: it. well, he had the smash cameras too.
1: But, uh, one other observation that oh, I don't know if you had uh, something else to say. Um, it, it, and it was it was just about um like how people talk uh, or some of their accents. Like the the main guy, the Jimmy Stewart. Uh, as I was watching it. Uh, he was reminding me a lot of the, uh, uh, the farmer guy from, um, the Pet Cemetery. way He talked, like uh, everything he said, it just sounded so much like uh, that guy, but just like a younger version of him or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> and yeah. And then, uh, the Lisa Fremont. Right. I don't know if it was just a thing of people who, cause I think, uh, it said that she was born in Pennsylvania or something that it was a thing of people in Pennsylvania at the time, but I was almost mm. getting a slight bit of like a, a British accent or like if someone who was from there and then moved here mm. in in their formative years that uh, they were starting to lose some of it, but it was still, there were hints of it um, there. Because the, the other uh, Stella sounded like she belonged in New York and did not sound similar to... Lisa Fremont was there, even though they were both there in New York, and I guess you would just assume that they both uh, grew up there or something, but weren't sounding like they both grew up there.
0: Right. But yeah, no, I I agree with that. It's funny because my wife, she loves, uh, I mean, you know my wife, uh, but she, uh, which actually brings me to something else that I'll mention in a minute. Everyone's like, what? <laughs> um, I'll get to it in a minute. But anyway, so yeah, you were saying that about uh, Jimmy Stewart, the way he talks. Yeah, because I, I make an impression because we watch It's a Wonderful Life around Christmas time, you know. And it's funny because uh, in the film, you know, he has his daughter, and his daughter's sick. Uh, her name is Zuzu, or that's what they call her. um And she has like a feather or a, a flower. And the petals fall off because you know it's wilting, and um, so she's like, "Fix it, Daddy!" And he's like, "Oh, you want me to fix it, do you?" <laughs> oh.
2: <laughs> so,
0: it's funny. My wife and I we we make uh, we make fun of that movie a lot. We're like, uh, we're like, "I wish I had a million dollars, hot dog!" You yeah, know that just all that. So uh, yeah, yeah, we just uh, mess around with that. Um, but yeah, I I wanted to say that unless you had a point.
1: Oh, no, that was just that, just uh, noticing the slight differences in in everyone's uh, accents.
0: Mm. I I did want to say, too, so, um, like I was saying before about my idea, like I had this idea, I think I may have said it to you, but I don't remember, about making this movie in a a modern sense, because this movie did get remade. Um, Let me see what year it was it was remade in 1998 with Christopher Reeve and so if you know Christopher Reeve it was oh yeah that's right right it was after uh Christopher Reeve who played Superman and got mm-hmm. fame from being in the original Superman movies he was in a uh the famous horse accident yeah you know that left him wheelchair bound so they actually remade the movie with him, and in that film, it's funny that you were saying that it has hardly anything to do with photography, because in that film, he was an architect. Wow. So, no photography at all, which that movie, too, if you want to watch it, is on IMDb TV for free if you do want to watch it. Just okay, okay. Just PS, uh, uh, PSA, Public Service Announcement? Yeah, that's it. Oh, yes, yes. Trying to see who directed this film real quick. Jeff Bleck. Oh, no I don't think I know Jeff Bleckner. Anyway, so like I said, I guess it worked on Castle. Um, but anyway, so if someone were to re- remake this today, uh, the idea that I had is basically to set it during quarantine time. Mm-hmm. Because here's what you do. Like, the main character could be single, or he could be, you know, with somebody, and they're just at odds or whatever. I, I think having him single, mm-hmm. the or she... Whoever basically they get lonely and that's why they're peering out the yeah. window. They when window they a window. They're seeking uh human interaction. You know what I mean? So it could still be in like an apartment complex or something like that. But then they're also just staring and watching other people. And so then you can have various groups of people um that are all locked in their houses and uh, you know, one couple can be you know Um, in the throes of love so to speak or very you know trying to pass the time that way you know somebody could be boring and watching tv or something maybe that's the person who dies um they're just constantly watching tv and then they don't move or whatever um something like that and then there could be a couple that's always fighting because they have cabin fever and they can't deal with Their families being together, you know, their significant other for that period of time, you know what I mean? So, something like that, I think, would make a good kind of segue, I guess, a good kind of setting for the new, for if they were to remake this film in a more modern time, to set it during quarantine time. Um, I think what you can even do, too, is have somebody just to further hit the point, the setting home, the time frame, is have somebody walk around with a mask or have something that is um, play something on TV or something, something that denotes the time. As long as people get that it's during quarantine time, it would make sense during the pandemic. You know what I mean? I think something like, you know, with us being in the pandemic, this is what, year two, year three now? Too, but just something I was thinking about. I'm like, that would make a lot of sense. Is to bring something. Yeah. I would totally make that movie if uh, <laughs> I had, uh, you know, a bunch of money. It's like, hey, I would, I would be down to make this kind of movie.
1: I, I could definitely see the apartment complex uh, setting uh working really well for that because I was thinking about the apartments that. Uh, we used to live in when i was in middle school yes and we happened to live in the one that was like in new york uh, facing the little playground no no no, it was it was here um it was facing the playground so we could always see out into the middle Mm -hmm. of it and that you know there were other apartment buildings all surrounding it and the the other kids who lived in like the neighboring ones we were always in the middle of the, the playground but then on top of that like the, the other people, I don't know if they did or, or didn't have kids, like, we, we knew each other. Everyone knew everyone's faces. So, like, that that kind of a, a setting could work for that. And with it being work from uh, during the, the quarantine, uh, someone could uh, be working from home and then have a conflict with someone else who is right uh, working right. from home or or not working. And I don't know, maybe playing too loud of of music or or something and then a conflict between them and the person who's working from home for the first time and having to deal with the the extra sounds that they didn't have to deal with before.
0: Yeah. And and, I mean, windows open or not, like it would uh, you could still see a lot of that going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, There could even be um, I think it was the couple, the newlywed couple that you saw, like the silhouettes. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, something like that could even be a thing. <laughs> when they
1: had to pull the shades
0: down. Right? Uh, that was very of its time. Like, he yeah. goes and smokes a cigarette, and he's like, oh.
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: You know, it was pretty funny, just how dated, uh, and, and, character, like, just the way that that time is portrayed.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but yeah, so, um... I did want to mention too how we were saying before about, <laughs> you know, my wife, there was a reason why I said that. Right. And so, uh, essentially too, like we rented an Airbnb, um, around my birthday and invited all my friends to come and stay with us. And so out of all my friends, you were the only one that stayed with us. And it was cool. Cause we essentially had a, uh, you know, our vacation fully recorded by a photographer so uh, my wife was very tickled uh, by that and you have a bunch of different... Yeah, just had me working for free out there. <laughs> hey, we paid for a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 So, uh, no, but it was cool. It was cool hanging out and all that and then, like, uh, yeah. you brought your drone too and we're flying it around and getting some cool shots and all that because um, yeah. it was a beach house, so, you know, it overlooked um, like a, a state park and all that and you could see um the ocean things like that it was or like a lake something like that it was pretty cool some kind of water in the distance that so we could see right but yeah so i mean we all hung out on vacation together and stuff and so um you know that was i think that was when pretty early in you starting you know doing photography and all that right yeah. like you had been doing it, it for a few months First
1: uh, film camera that i had mm.
0: um do you want to talk about that a little bit and tell us what uh what got you into photography and, and the camera and all that. Cause uh, this is actually a pretty new, I mean, I've known you for years and this is uh, the, the new thing that you're doing, you know, yeah. Um, not that I mean, even though,
1: uh, well, I was gonna say, even though it is kind of new, ju- just the, the film part of this, just the photography in general, hasn't really been that new because for the longest time I have been kind of trying to put a little bit more effort into taking pictures, but mostly with uh, just my phone. Right. right. And it was a little bit before I came across those Moment lenses, I came across some other cheap little like a clip-on lens. But then soon after that was when I found Moment lenses. And it was when I was switching from the Samsung Galaxy S5 to the Mm -hmm. Pixel 1 Mm -hmm. because they had a case for, for the Pixel. And so I went with that started using the lenses, and that was kind of the beginning of it. But then what started with the film was that same Moment company that makes the lenses and then the cases to hold the lenses. They put out a video about a cheap uh, $35 film camera, and they mm-hmm. were saying if you've ever thought about getting into film, this is probably the easiest way to do it. So I was like, you know, I've thrown away $35 on more, so I'll give this a try. And that's what uh, started all of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 Cause I remember early on when you first started doing all this, Mm. we had talked about, cause I was taking a class, uh, on video production and we had got to talking like, I, I, you know, I, I saw you with your lenses you know, and taking pictures of things and things like that. And, and a lot of it turned out really good, but we were talking and it was just kind of weird, kind of like what spurred this podcast episode, uh, our talk that we had before just uh, randomly talking about something and being like, Hey, we should uh, do this. Cause um, what, like I said, when I was still in school, in college, uh, I had video production and we were talking about, I, I had to make a short film. And so you actually helped me. There's a, uh, and I'll post the, the, my short film that, that we worked on together. You're essentially my DOP, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, on this, but you and I, uh, helped do like, you helped me do this, uh, the time-lapse for a uh, time-lapse scene in the short film that uh, again, I'll post in the short show notes. Yeah. As well as we did some creative shots too. So it was nice to actually have somebody to talk to, to try to, you know, that kind of got my vision or we had a problem. Like, uh, we had one scene where I wanted to do it so that that way my main character, which was my brother, uh, my main character was the camera watched them open up a can of monster and drink from it. We were trying to figure out, if you remember that, you know, figure out the best way to film that. Yeah. So it was nice to talk to somebody and try to figure out creative ways to shoot the film. So, again, I'll, I'll post that in the show notes. But I did want to talk more, too, about Moment because you were saying, you like you said, you mentioned them before. And you had talked to me about a bunch of, like, uh, I guess they did a bunch of videos and stuff about, like you said, getting into it and then... Was that also the same people that said, like, if you... Um, i trying to remember what you said. I know they did the competitions, right?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, their little uh, film festival.
0: Right. <laughs> but then was that the same channel that was talking about, like, how-to? You were I thought you mentioned something about, like, some kind of how-to or, like, people that were... Uh...
1: Like, different uh, film techniques and whatnot?
0: Yes, that was it.
1: Yeah, so yeah I, I i had uh picked up a little bit from them but then uh, uh a little bit more from other uh photographers who are also on youtube mm-hmm. and with them having their level of understanding of how to use their camera for photography and, and a lot of them seem to have come from wedding photography so they you know uh have had that level of understanding but um they would also put out a, a lot of videos of uh, tips and tricks or, or different things uh, as far as filmmaking. And so I was just watching all of these things, um, but mostly just because I, I liked the quality mm-hmm. of the videos that they were putting out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, it, it was just interesting um, getting that understanding of how a lot of shots are made. Because then I would start to notice some of them uh, in movies that that I would be watching uh, a little bit more than I would have noticed them before had I not seen uh, a lot of those tutorials on YouTube. Yep. Um, But yeah, so I I think it was um, the Moment Company and then um, some of these other YouTube photographers, videographers, uh, the stuff that I was seeing from both of those places, uh, what kind of helped me. Um, I guess, have something of value to contribute to helping you with your short film.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and I'm thrilled with how it turned out. It turned out exactly how my vision was. Yeah. So it was, you know, which I appreciate. Um, it's funny, too, because uh, I'd love to see an audience reaction to this. Uh, when I showed mm. at the at the end of the, the semester, we had to show our short films because uh, that was basically our final, essentially. Right. And so, it's funny because I made this, and, like, my professor, it's funny, she had her favorites in the class, and I was not very outspoken in her class, right? And it's funny because when when it was my turn and I played it, everyone was just quiet, and they didn't understand anything, and they... And so I'm hoping that somebody gets it and they can. What was there un- to not understand
1: about it? It was the most like, it just seems so obvious, but like easy to follow. Right. Is what, I mean.
0: is what I thought as well. But, you know, I, she was just quiet and it was, as if she really wasn't paying attention to my work and she, I just mm-hmm. played it and then she was like, oh, well, thank you. All right. Who's next? I was like thanks (laughs) you know what I mean so I think I may have gotten like a B on it but I think it may have just been her bias because some people like there was one guy that um it's funny because he was kind of like the film nerd but he went and actually like defied some of her standards and she was totally fine with it that was her favorite film and it's like this guy went double runtime. You know what I mean? Like he should be docked, and he got like a like an A on his thing. It's like, so I can break well, rules. The too long. Yeah, yeah. It was like twice as long as it should have been. I mean, it was an enjoyable, interesting, comedic video, but it's like, this is way too long, man. Like you should be getting points off for this, not points added. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you didn't keep it within, you know, the constraints kind of thing. But yeah. you know, I'm not bitter because the, the guy, you know, he he had a good video and it was it was good, but. It's just really stupid that, you know, some professors have their favorites kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, I did want to move on a bit at, um, how we were talking about you shooting on your phone oh, yes, yes. and is interesting because with the way that technology is today, and even in my short film. Uh, if you remember, too, that one scene, and it's funny because it's not colored right, and I realized that whenever I watched this that I didn't do the color correction, the like, completely oh, okay, okay. on that one scene, but yeah. we used your phone because your phone, uh, I think, had better, uh, the front-facing, I think it was, that we needed, better front-facing, the megapixels and all that. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, or when you went to reach for the cup or something?
0: Right, right, exactly. Yeah. So, Again, you know, we recorded things on our phones and all that. And it's crazy, too, because some people or some people have made, I should say, people have made films on cell phones, you know, like legit films, not just like homemade films. I mean, I've made other movies before for that same production class and used my, my phone or used a DSLR. But my point is, is that people have used cell phones to make real movies. And so um, you and I, when we were talking um, in our previous Discord chat, we pulled up a list of films that were filmed on cell phones, just out of curiosity, how many have been done. You know what I mean? Um, Let me see. So yeah, there was this article that, me and you were passing back to each other about, from Screen Rant, the 10 Best Movies Shot on Cell Phones, Uh, so we wanted to look at a couple of these and kind of break them down and give perspective, uh, especially from a photographer, you know, give perspective on is this actually a good medium to shoot a film? Should you just do this over, you know, a standard camera or whatever? um so i just want to run through some of these real quick there's 10 of them um and then we're going to go into a couple of them so again this article it's uh or the article uh number 10 is olive from 2011 number nine is nine rides from 2016. eight is high flying bird from 2019. seven is unsane which we will get into in just a moment that's from 2018 sorry Uh, Six is called Night Fishing from 2011. Five is Detour from 2017. I actually thought this was a different film, (laughs) Detour, because I'm pretty Uh sure a different film is called Detour. It's also a short film, which is interesting. Number four is Tangerine, which is another thing that we're going to get into. Number three, Snow Steam Iron uh, from 2017. Number two, I Play With The Phrase Each Other from 2013. And number one, Searching for Sugar Man from 2012. Now, like I said before, we were going to look into a couple of these. So I want to start with Snowsteam Iron. Snowsteam Iron is actually directed by Zack Snyder, who, if you don't know who he is, he has made some pretty landmark movies, like 300, uh, Man of Steel, Justice League, Sucker Punch, Guardians of... I would liken this movie... I mean, I say like in this movie, but I guess I kind of did this without seeing this movie at first. This movie, it tells the story out of order. It's non-linear, but at the same time, it shows clips of different things to tell its story. There's no... Sorry about that. Uh, I don't know what happened, but during our uh, recording, the software that we used to record, that I used to record, uh, it dropped out. So if this sounds different, I apologize, uh, but we're just going to pick up the conversation where we left off and go from there. So if you don't notice it, then disregard this entirely then. But anyway, so Will, what did you think of Snow, Steam, Iron?
1: Yeah, so um, this, well, I feel like out of the, the three that we watched, the Snow, Steam, Iron, Tangerine, and Unsane, I like this one the most. And uh, I don't know if it was because I noticed the different years that the movies came out and what phones were available to use at the time. Right. Uh, that, uh, along with Zack Snyder being the one who directed uh, this one, and with a lot of it having a feel uh, similar to, I want to say in the Justice League movie, the, well, the Snyder Cut one, that had the cutscenes of Cyborg when he was um, playing football before he was cyborg, right. um, and uh, the slow motion jumping over the other players and the the snow all around. A lot of it felt uh, like that. I don't know if you you got that sense at all uh, as you were watching it.
0: No, I I didn't liken it to it, but
1: but yeah, it, it uh, yeah. So uh, the the story wise, I, I wasn't even really paying attention that much to the story, because it wasn't until watching that other video that you had sent that broke it down a little bit more that right. I understood it better. I was mostly just mm. looking at the, the quality of the video and mm. just the, the, the shot selection and slow motion.
0: The and, technical stuff.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> yeah, this, so how it was done technically, liked it better than uh, Onsane and Tangerine. I'm saying right. a little bit more tangerine, uh, a little bit less.
0: Which again, makes sense because you are used to being behind a camera and arranging different shots and things like that while it's still, it's still, while it stills uh, versus motion, you know what I mean? Uh, like I said before about the short film and you know, other things, you've done yeah. motion and time-lapse and all that. So you've you've played with video. You know. And
1: that one little uh, hiking video that I shot of myself.
0: Mm, right. I wanted I wanted to mention too. I don't know where it cut off and everything. So if I uh, am repeating myself, please forgive me. Um, but like I said too, like this film is by Zack Snyder, who made tons of. Or you mentioned Zack Snyder as well, but you know he made tons of movies like 300, Man of Steel, Justice League, like you said, Sucker Punch. Uh, Watchmen, um, and this movie was shot on an iPhone. But yeah, n- I actually watched this film twice, and the first time I watched it, I just, I, I like to do that with a lot of films, and actually for this whole episode, this was the only film that I watched more than once, um, just because it's four minutes. Yeah. But, I watched it the first time with my wife, and just, uh, we're passively watching it, you know, as an audience member watching it. Um, but still trying to piece together the story. Cause like I mentioned, it was non-linear. The second time I watched it, I watched it trying to piece the story together. And I do have to say too, on the point that you said, I mean, you were saying that this is your favorite. And I think this is the most theatrical-looking one. A lot of these yeah. other films are more raw-looking, which would be good if you're shooting a film like Twenty Eight Days Later. That was always my my problem with Danny Boyle's Twenty Eight Days Later, in that it's very raw. I don't know what kind of camera Danny Boyle, like or uh, his DOP, uh, director of photography, used on um on that film. But I think something like that, if you wanted to film it and have a raw feeling, which 28 Days Later does have a very raw zombie movie feel, that would make sense. I don't really, like I said, using the camera as a medium, as a variable to portray a certain emotion or feeling throughout the film, I feel is a good idea. But just filming on a cell phone just because... For no reason. I mean, Zack Snyder did it just as as to have fun. Um, but like you mentioned, that that breakdown video at the end of it, he says that he's a photographer that shoots on mobile only, and I feel like it kind of cheapens it because while, like he mentioned, um, and I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to go too into what he he did. Uh, what is his name? R.J. Baculo. Baculo. I don't know how to say his name, his last name. So I'm sorry if I, if I butchered that, but I just feel that using the camera as a medium, you know, specifying which kind of camera you want to use. And it could be like this. Like I said, this film does not look like Unsane or Tangerine. Um, yeah. It's it's very clean. You know what I mean? Even with all the snow that's all over the place. You can tell, too, that he's a self-taught. I come from an academic background. But, so like, he says auteur. As autier, and I'm like, I think you're trying to make the word more French than it is. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm kind of curious it's... actually. Auteur. Yeah, like I said, auteur, because he says autier, and I'm like, uh, you're making that more French than it is, bro. Yeah. But I like, there was some other stuff that I didn't agree with what he was saying. Like, he found certain meaning in some things, but then. Something like some other things on like, I actually think that this is like, I don't know, it's interesting. Someone who is self-taught, like a self-taught filmmaker, uh, versus someone who's an academic. So I'm, I'm taught to identify these things to where he learned how to identify things, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I thought it was interesting that. So she is kind of like a boudoir kind of pinup style because it's like 1950s again. So kind of in line with the previous movie, maybe the 40s even. It's kind of in line with the previous film, The Rear Window. And, and so, uh, like I mentioned, because actually, now that I mentioned that, too, if you remember, uh, Jeff, L.B. uh Jimmy Stewart's character talked to the police officer, uh, like you said, Doyle. And they knew each other from the war. They briefly mentioned the war. So this is about that time. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, good. But anyway, so, um, like I said, the, the main character is a woman, Asian woman who does like a boudoir kind of style shoot. And then apparently is, I guess, prostituted out, pimped out, I guess. I don't know what the term would be. Because, like, it shows the, the police chief and he's, like, abusing her in, in, like, a sexual way. And then later on, you know, she gets her revenge for, you know, maltreatment and things like that. But it's interesting because they show her, and there's a certain scene where they, they pull up her dress or, like, rip it or something. They pull it up to show her whole leg, you know, to to make it sexy, like a like a pinup. of style thing and it's interesting because the the camera you know they freeze frame it they take a picture of her like that they show the photo and it's interesting because later on i feel like it's kind of like she was trapped in that role like the rj bakulo the visual storyteller guy He brings up this point, but I think it's different. He says that she is essentially captured, essentially like this first time she is captured in this life that she lives. And then later she is also confined in prison. But I think though, that the two are actually contrasting shots in that when the picture is taken of her, um, in the boudoir kind of style. She is in this life, but she's liberated the next time. Because when you see her next picture, it's not sexy. She's She's got blood all over. She's beaten. But she looks like she is herself. You know what I mean? She looks fake in the previous one, but she looks like she is... She doesn't regret what she did. She... You know is is settled in, in her you know she i'm trying to think of the best words to encapsulate this but she is herself you know what i mean um that's just something that i thought was very interesting the two contrasting photo shoots essentially because essentially taking a mugshot shot is a photo shoot <laughs> if you're yeah. really thinking about it um uh, yeah. I thought it was interesting, though, too, like in the film is called Snow, Steam, Iron, but there really is no steam. And in that breakdown video, which I will also put in the show notes, uh, he says that the steam is the way that like the anger that she feels but I don't know if I agree with that I mean I guess you want to say you know hot-blooded and tempered and things like that but I don't know if I would liken that to steam per se so that's really like the the biggest discrepancy I have with the title and the themes but I did really enjoy if
1: that is actually where the, the steam came from
0: yeah, I, I did enjoy this film, though. I feel that it was very interesting, and it does have all the fingerprints and hallmarks of a Zack Snyder film. You can tell Zack Snyder made it. If you yeah. know the the way that he shoots things, it's very stylized and very dramatic. And it's actually the reason why I also... I've seen Justice League, and I've seen the Snyder Cut, but I actually am going to watch Justice League a third time since uh, on HBO Max they have the uh, Justice's Grey version where it's all in black and white. And I honestly think that that's probably the way that you should watch this film. And if you've never seen it before, I I would just say just watch that film the way it is, especially since I'm a believer in that CG looks better in black and white. I mean, I would love to be proved otherwise, but I think black and white while you have a varying grayscale, a varying color, you know, grayscale palette, per se, having color is more difficult to work with. And that's why CG can look worse. Black and white kind of flattens things. And because it flattens or turns it into a gradient, it doesn't look as bad, I think. Um, so we'll see. You know, watching that film, not that it has really bad CG, because I think it's a Snyder Cut version that is in black and white, not the base Justice League film that Joss Whedon also worked on. But yeah, uh, it's just interesting, though, too, like I said, that it was all shot on an iPhone, and I would totally like to do something like this. But again, I don't. It, the medium would, I think, would have to match the kind of film you're making. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's just my opinion. Yeah but as you mentioned before we we did have two other films that we we took a look at um so let's get into unsane next um which is another film that's by a popular director uh, cuz you know the previous one was Zack Snyder and this one Steven Soderbergh. you know what i mean uh and he's had all kinds of movies that are are very uh popular and famous and style that he has a familiar style you know what i mean yeah but, yeah, I think you said that you saw this before we did this, right? this uh yeah, planning
1: for. I it. had already seen it once, and then yeah, went to to rewatch it with fresh eyes..
0: Mm-hmm. How did you hear about this initially and and what were your thoughts then? Did they change or anything?
1: i I think at the time, I think I had originally heard that it was shot with a phone and because I think it, it went to theaters also. And oh, okay. so just hearing that it was shot with a phone already piqued my interest to just want to see what it was like. And right. you can you can tell, but uh yes, I, I still yes, like it.
0: I do find it interesting. Like uh, this I or the screen rant article says that this was filmed with an iPhone 7 Plus. I think yeah. with a lens adapter. I think that the other the other um Snow Steam Iron was also an iPhone 7 Plus. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure.
1: That's what I was wondering because I was trying to look up the, the different, uh, phones that were being used and the times that the movies came out, uh, because that mm. was what I noticed with this one, the iPhone seven plus and that with tangerine, they were using iPhone five but with the right. snow steam iron coming out in 2017, the only thing I could come up with was just that at that time, the iPhone 10 was available, so maybe that was the one, or the previous one uh, could have been what was used. If it...
0: uh, I know uh, in, I'm I'm pretty sure in that video that broke down Snow Steam Iron, um, RJ does break it down uh, and does mention it, so consult that video <laughs> if okay, you wanna okay. know. I'm pretty sure it mentions it. Uh, yeah. For those who want to do a little bit of homework, yeah, I do. Why don't I let you uh, talk a little bit more about this film before I start breaking it down? Because there's, there's, you, you told me that you had some thoughts about it. Because um, there's some things I also want to get into about the film.
1: Yeah. So my and and again, my my um, critiques about any of these are mostly just uh, technical critiques. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so like, while I really liked. Uh, This unsane movie. Um, One thing I didn't like about it was that it seemed as if the the whole movie was shot with uh, main camera, which the main cameras they're about like a twenty four millimeter equivalent, and that wide of a shot. I feel like. they should only be used uh, at certain times at, because every other movie that you watch, they'll mix um, the the wide shot, the medium shot, and the tight shot, and they're they're all used at, at different times for specific reasons. The establishing shot uh, is wide, and then use the right. medium ones to focus a little bit more on the people, right. and then the tight shots right. for the the details. Like the, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, um, things that are around that kind of build up the environment, or um, people's faces and the, the little um, okay. facial expressions that, that they make. But with using the phone, um, only the phone, not, nothing else with it, uh, aside from them using Filmic Pro, which I was interesting that they all used Filmic Pro. Um, mm. Yeah, just sticking with that one focal length, I feel like they did a little bit of a service, uh, but I don't know what was uh, that available in twenty eighteen that they could have used to try to get different uh, focal lengths. But mm-hmm. yeah, that, that that was the only um, my only qualm that movie.
0: Yeah, I wanted to um, before. I get into this i i wanted to also say uh what this movie's about <laughs> for those who oh, haven't yeah. seen it uh so the main character it follows a woman named sawyer and she is basically institutionalized against her will she doesn't read the fine print and signs a paper and gets stuck in a, a uh, institution let me let me just put it like that she gets institutionalized and so she can't leave and whatever she tries it doesn't work she calls the police and they don't believe her and you know she basically fights to get out of the asylum that she's locked up into what i wanted to say too is that while this film is shot on a cell phone a lot of things theatrical things are done to the film like editing like for instance they it opens with a completely blue um like blue and black uh, that's something I noticed too, before I get too into that, a lot of the colors, so on this film and on Tangerine, they're very orange, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting too, that they do put such a focus on the color blue in Unsane um, in certain parts, um, which, you know, if you remember from school, you know, complementary colors, orange and blue. Um, so there was that. However, my point is, is that it. they're very, there's a lot of scenes where they use the local lighting and it becomes, I think because they're all incandescent bulbs that it makes this or different things. It's just very orange and it's got that raw feeling. They're not as def- the, it's not defined. The graphics are not as defined, I guess. Maybe it's the shadows too. The, the, the blacks aren't black. The grays aren't gray, you know what I mean? Like the whites aren't white, yeah. um, just that kind of thing. It's it's a different palette that they're working with, so it's it's very raw. It's very uh, washed out, I think. But what I do want to say is is that this movie kind of lies. <laughs> uh, it, it says it's filmed on a phone, and it is, but the oh. point is is that they do do a lot of things in post, a lot of editing things like. The the voiceover narration at the very beginning that says, the first time I saw you was in the color blue, right? That's all added in post. With the actor recording them saying it and adding it later. That was not shot like that. And I'm pretty sure that was probably a filter that negated all the other colors and things. So again, possibly done in post, unless it was shot in black and white and they just turned all the blacks to blue again in post which would make sense. So there's a lot of editing things that I noticed in this film that it's like that was only done be- in post. You know what I mean? Like it loose. It, it, it is recorded on a phone, but nobody says anything about it being completely produced only on a phone. So they do get away with a lot of things and in this film, I, I noticed. This film was very interesting, and I was very intrigued by it, very uh, brought into it because it's one of those things that, like, you hear about stories like this, but it's an actual, like, telling of a story of somebody, you know, being held against their will kind of thing, and you struggle with uh, Sawyer and all that. Um, yeah, It's very interesting, and, and just different twists and things that happen in the film. I, I thought it was a really well-put-together film. Do you have anything else to say about it, Will?
1: Uh, well, one thing I thought you were going to say um, when mm. you said it, it lied about it being shot on the phone. What I thought you were right. going to bring up was the couple times when a phone wasn't used to, to shoot it, that they actually used uh, Panasonic Lumix GH5 uh, mm. for the scenes in the car because a, a okay. telephoto lens needed to be used. But that those shots could have been mixed in with all of the other shots. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if you even noticed that there were some shots that, or I mean, maybe it didn't look out of place, that they were able to match everything up well enough to where you were under the impression that it was shot 100% on a phone.
0: Right. Well, there was one scene, too. I don't know if this is the scene that you're talking about specifically, but when she's locked in the trunk and Uh it's uh, in the night vision, I'm like, you're not going to shoot night vision on a phone. (laughs) That's obviously so.
1: You can fake night vision if you like use a light and then just change the the color in it to make it look as if it's uh, right. On night vision, but
0: again, that's done in editing. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean in post. So it's not that they shot everything on the phone and didn't touch it up and then just stuck it on the big screen. You know what I well, mean? Yeah, yeah. I they melded with it. Touch so, anime, so right, right, right. That, that's my ma- my main point is that yes, it's shot on a phone, but it's produced. In the same way that every other movie is produced, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it's that's why I'm saying it's not quite just like the previous film, the Snow, Steam, Iron. I really don't. I I didn't notice anything that may have been touched up. I mean, sure, editing certain scenes put in certain ways, but they could also be conveyed like they were put out of order, obviously. But I, they... I, I
1: assumed all of it was touched up. Maybe. I thought that with them using Filmic Pro and at the time of that version of Filmic Pro, I think um, they had the ability to shoot in log, which would then require you to have to uh, touch it up. um, Because you would get um, a couple more stops of dynamic range and uh, Mm -hmm. more information to to play with to to get a, a better look out of it, as opposed to just using the regular camera app. Or shooting not in log, the the standard color profile.
0: I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know what to say. though. <laughs> yeah, you have kind of
1: yeah. to, to use like Filmic a little bit to to know what it's like using it. But yeah, I, I just right. assumed that they were all they all had some. Um,
0: right. some, Right. 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 I just feel like this it was more noticeable, I guess is what I'm trying to say oh, yeah. in in this scene i in in this in in insane in this situation. I'm trying to put things together, yeah. but yeah, um i I just I noticed it and I noticed it off the bat, and it was a good movie, well casted um it's interesting too. um, I do want to say that this movie actually has out of all. Well, I guess aside from Rear Window out of the let's let's just say on the move the films that are shot with phones, Matt Damon is in here. So it's got the biggest actor in this film, which is crazy because yeah. he, he makes a surprise appearance. And yeah. you're just like, you know, I'm like, Matt Damon. I think I, I sent you a message. I was yeah. like, Matt Damon's in here because uh, I was watching it through Voodoo. I I bought this movie on Voodoo. And oh. um. It's interesting because even on IMDb and and Voodoo as well, it doesn't say that he's in it. So they are hiding <laughs> that he's in it to surprise you, which is really That's nice that they do that. They yeah. don't, you know, give away the secret, you know, guest star, surprise guest star. Yeah. So I thought that was really neat. Probably um, like
1: pretty far down on the IMDb cast list. Oh, yeah.
0: Right, right. So it's not like he was the first one to pop up, which is really nice, you know, like I said, and they don't give away the the surprise yeah. kind of thing. not that it's it's any bearing. He's just a cop that is in for one scene, and that's it. You yeah. know what I mean, But just that this film has some star power is what I'm saying, which is it really interesting because they don't yeah. they don't bill him being in here at all mm. on the box art, it just says Claire Foy, you know, which mm. is the woman who plays Sawyer, so it's interesting is what I'm <clears throat> what I'm getting at. Yeah. But it's crazy because some of the stuff that they did in Unsane I saw that we did in my short film and I had not seen Unsane at the time. Like there was a part where um when uh David gives her the pill, um, mm. and it like makes her go crazy and they superimpose well, two yeah, different yeah, yeah. and we did that. Um I don't remember in my short film. That. Well, uh, we—I mean—you helped me record the the time lapse and everything, but I did that in my. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's right. At the end, let me pull it up real quick. And there's the short film, but like toward the end, I I superimposed it in editing to, and to give that same effect as like, you are essentially high. You're on things, you know. You're impaired. You know what I mean. And so having two different things superimposed, it's hard to follow one thing that's going on. You know, it's like an out-of-body experience. You know, your body's moving, but you don't feel you're the one controlling it. You know what I mean? But I think let's move on to Tangerine. We were talking about that. It was actually one of the films that you picked for us to to talk about. So why don't you uh, bring us up to speed about it?
1: So it was a movie that... Followed uh, two trans people who are friends, and one of them, I think, um, she had just recently gotten out of prison, right, and was trying to reconnect with her uh, pimp, I guess. It was supposed to be her boyfriend or, or something like that, um, right, right. Then come to find out that there was an issue with that because maybe he was fooling around with someone else. So she goes on a tirade, having to find a boyfriend. And or find this girl, and there was a lot of walking in the very beginning. A lot of like too yes, much walking. Yes,
0: yes, yes. There was <laughs> like, a
1: lot. It was like just just get to wherever they are. Uh, but so there was a lot of that. A lot of searching, um, finding another person, asking if they know where the guy is or the girl is, and they finally get to the girl, and she ends up dragging the girl. Oh, and in the middle of this, the other friend who wasn't in jail. Um, has some kind of a show that she's inviting a bunch of people to in the process of this other one uh, going on the mission to find the two people. And so she finds the girl, drags her out and drags her to where she meets up with uh, the boyfriend and
2: Mm -hmm.
1: leaves her outside, goes to talk to the boyfriend. This is like fast forwarding through an hour of this movie in like no time, (laughs) Uh, almost to the end of it. But talks to the boyfriend, and everything is seeming like it's all right until she brings in the other girl, and then a whole uh, argument happens there, and then you find out that not only was he sleeping around with other people, but that the friend uh, had also hooked right. with the, the boyfriend, so then there's like a little bit of a falling out, and forget what had happened with the the main girl who went on that tirade that few oh that someone had someone drove by and like threw a cup of urine on her right and right. so they go to to clean her up and I guess they kind of mend their friendship after that and mm. I think that was about it mm-hmm. and aside from the taxi driver who is coming in and out of the story and meeting up with uh the ladies of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. So and so for my technical problems with it. Um I, I do like that they used uh a so this competitor company kind of to moment uh this Moon Labs uh because they also mm-hmm. have an anamorphic lens uh adapter that you can uh, attach the phones, so they use that. But a similar issue with um, Unsane that I had with this one, that it seemed like they used that throughout the entire movie, and they never switched Uh it up to take it off and have a not-as-wide, a a narrower uh, field of view and then go back to uh, anamorphic, the, the wider one, yeah it just kept through the whole thing and again i wish they would have switched it up a little bit to get the the tight medium and the wide shots
0: right yeah uh i I agree with you with some of this um so i thought at the beginning as far as like dialogue Mm -hmm. i feel like that first opening shot in the donut shop was very quick like too yeah. quick. I feel like the pacing for that whole thing and then like you said it was a lot of walking and it, following the characters <laughs> around. Um uh, I feel like funny. it was very like boom 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 get out kind of yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Like that's how quick it was and I feel like the pacing I, I, like the director Sean Baker I feel like he doesn't spend enough time in there. I feel like some time should have passed. Mm. To where it's appropriate. Like, you can have characters sit or spend time with each other. And they may not even have to say much to each other. But it's in a sense that it's still, like, interesting. You know what I mean? Because this is a very indie film. You know what I mean? Being shot on a cell phone, it's going to be an indie film. And according to this Screen Rant thing, it says that the Screen Rant article, I'm sorry. um, It says that this film was shot for $100,000 which is not a big budget at all. So it's very indie like I said. My point is is that I feel that he doesn't experiment with indie like filmmaking in this movie. You know what I mean? Um because you could in in indie films and even in some big budgets. So sometimes they'll just let the camera sit there and just watch the characters. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wanted him the sean baker or whoever the dop was to do something like that to watch these characters you know what i mean because i wasn't really interested like they they just like kind of grabbed your arm and took you out of the you know onto the the journey and it's like i kind of want to invest myself a little bit first so that was my my first qualm uh with the film the film was very interesting like I said before, it does have that very raw look that Unsane had. This one shot more outside, which obviously Unsane was, you know, inside. So it's kind of interesting that they both kind of had like an orange tint to them or a very like colorful tint. Yeah. You know what I mean? Again, like what I said before. Um, like, shadows and things. Like, the blacks aren't blacks. The whites aren't whites. So the thing is, is that they're, it's still very washed-out colors, I feel. It's weird, too, th- when they were following the characters, that you saw all of these big-name, like, the 76 gas station, and uh, I think there was a 7-Eleven or uh, Walgreens. Oh. And like, it's like product placement, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't like nobody received a kickback for it. Yeah, yeah. So it seemed very like again, raw in that sense that it's somebody recording a video almost like you recorded it and were watching a video online. You know what I mean? Like that somebody recorded of something happening. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought that was interesting. I did want to say too that I um had problems with Rasmic. Yeah. Um just his character I felt that just something told me, I was like, man, you're just how he is like, he wasn't being faithful to his wife kind of thing. And then he also was like abandoning his family, you know what I mean? Like he cared about the prostitute more than his own family to be Uh with them on Christmas. That's what yeah. I wanted to say, too, is that this is a very unorthodox Christmas movie. There's tons of Christmas hallmarks, you know, there's they talk about a Santa Claus. There's Christmas trees. They talk about Christmas. You know what I mean? It's it's definitely a Christmas movie. They did talk about Christmas a lot. They did. T- it's a, it's definitely a Christmas movie. And I've, I want to say I've seen it on lists of alternate Christmas movies, because that's a thing Lots. now is that people. Yeah, people watch movies that take place at Christmas but are not christmas films so they don't have like they're not snow and everything you know what i mean uh it's it's an alternate christmas movie uh like gremlins for instance uh is an alternate christmas movie so it was very interesting uh that but to to get back to rasmic i just knew that he was on a slippery slope and he was just going to uh have a fall from grace let's yeah. say Um, and so the whole falling out at the end, I'm like, he deserved it. It's like, you're abandoning the, the, I think it was the mother-in-law said, you're abandoning your family on Christmas. And I'm like, yeah, man, like it's Christmas, you know, I, I don't care if someone else means something to you that much. It's like, that's obviously where his heart was, you know what I mean? And if he wants to risk his family for that, that was his own decision. But I was just like, bro, like you just saw him fall and i'm like he his priorities were not in order but that's what i wanted to say about that i also wanted to say too it's interesting that james ransone i i'm not sure how you say his name but the guy who played chester which was the boyfriend pimp oh yeah yeah. it's interesting seeing him in this because i saw him in it uh, uh it part two And so it's, it's hilarious because he is the, the guy who he had the mom that was overly protective and he had to like, in, in the first one, he saw his mom and he had to conquer, like standing up to his mom and things like that, but he was also asthmatic. And so he was a typical Hollywood asthma, asthmatic, and as somebody who is asthmatic, like it's, it's overly done. You know, they're like, oh, I need my inhaler. I need to puff it because something scared me or something, you know, that was exciting. So I needed to use my inhaler. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. that's not how having asthma really is. You know what I mean? You're not constantly hitting your inhaler every two seconds. But like I said, so and in the uh, second IT film, it shows him, it's interesting because he his wife that he has like tells him what to do and things like that, much like his mom. So we found a woman and he found a wife that was similar to how his mom treated him. So it's interesting to see him as this kind of like man with his tail between his legs and then try to be like this guy who is all like tough and has all these tattoos and is like a pimp. And I'm like... That is not the same. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't buy this at all. Yeah. I was like, I was like, that's Chester. You know, the whole movie is all we got to find Chester. Who have you seen Chester? Blah, 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 blah They go to tons of different people. Ask about Chester. They they find the girl that was fooling around with Chester while the main character was in jail. Uh, Cindy was in jail, and so I mean, I guess you kind of have two main characters. But point is, is that. It, it's it's the build up to Chester i felt was not there was no payoff there cuz i did not buy that he was chester at all i mean he was chester but i'm just saying like for me i was like just took you out of the story oh yeah yeah i i i didn't buy that whatsoever <laughs>
1: That's funny.
0: I wanted to say, too, so to put a little background on this film, too, it says in the Screen Rant article, says that Sean Baker is uh, known for 2017's Florida Project, which I'm not sure if that was also shot on a phone, but I hadn't heard of that film before, so it's interesting. You have to see that. This this film, yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll have to add it to my list. But this movie was shot on three iPhone 5 so I'm um, I'm curious if the other ones were shot on, I mean, I, like you said before with Unsane, it was shot on various other kinds of cameras and things. I'm curious if some of these other films used multiple cell phones or if it was just one. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. I think one of the reasons why this one may have been shot on multiple phones uh, could, mm-hmm. could have been that uh, at times when they were having conversations and the camera is going back and forth instead of doing the normal thing. The shot reverse shot. Yeah, it's Mm -hmm. doing the normal thing of moving the camera and having them repeat uh, their line and have the, the other person say theirs as the camera is on them. Just have the two running at the same time and switch back and forth like that.
0: See, that's where I disagree, because the thing is, is kind of like what I was saying about having the camera sit for a while, you could have a shot that encompasses both characters. Instead of cutting to a shot, reverse shot, you just have the same shot being like sitting there. It's kind of like Tarantino does this kind of thing. The camera will sit there and have both characters in frame and they could just be like doing their thing. Someone could be smoking because that typically is in a Tarantino film. Uh, someone's just smoking and usually they're in like a restaurant or whatever, which this was in a donut shop. So I, I like I bring up like, say, uh, I think Pulp Fiction had a scene like that. Um, so let's, let's look at that. So they're sitting there. Both characters are in frame. It could be sitting there for a minute. Someone's eating, someone's smoking, whatever. And so then like someone says something, they're like, Oh, what did you say? Blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? And then the whole thing can develop from there. And I feel like that would also have kind of more of an indie style as well. I mean, Tarantino has his own style, but I feel like that would have been, that is what this movie kind of needed, I think. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not the biggest fan of the shot reverse shot in the very beginning, but I get what you're saying, though, about why they would do that, and that would make sense, you know, getting the different um angles.
1: Yeah, and not having to repeat uh Lines and uh, parts of the conversation right. to just have it be one continuous thing, just cut back and forth. Right. I, I would I would have to go back and, and watch Pulp uh, Fiction, but I I want to say that they would have done the the same thing: the shot, reverse shot, and then the other single shot sitting on both of them in the frame. Uh, but that they they would have right. gone back and forth between uh, the medium shot at times, and I would have both of them, right. And then right uh, the tight shots on the faces or medium and tight on the. Right who's talking
0: right no uh i agree with you uh i'm just saying i feel like that is what that was what it was missing and it, when we were following uh Rasmic around too mm. it gave me a with the raw feeling that it had it gave me a very taxi driver i mean he, he was a taxi driver but like the the film taxi driver it gave me a very like The the feeling that you get from Taxi Driver, it's a very raw feeling, a very... Because, you know, in in that film, De Niro's character came back from the war and was seeing everybody live the way that they were. And, you know, he kind of had PTSD and was just very, like, an open wound. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's that raw feeling and that nothing bothered him because, again, you know, he, he just came from war. So nothing phased him kind of thing. And I think if they were to reshoot, uh, do again, like I was saying, a remake of taxi driver, doing something like that on a cell phone would be a good idea. I think just having a very capturing that raw feeling. that's what I was saying before about, um, using the type of cell phone as, or the type of camera, I'm sorry, as a pick, like as a medium Um, Just as much as you would pick certain lenses for different things, different shots and things like that. I think that using a cell phone to capture a certain feeling is something that's totally worth looking at um, as a director, as a a DOP, things like that. However, the thing is, is that um, while Unsane and Tangerine especially have gotten a lot of critical acclaim, uh, as well as this film has a, has a cult following, and so it's, it's just interesting, and I think that would be a good way to go about it if they, if you were trying to make a film like that.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing that I would want to see now, and especially the year that we're in, and the kind of phones that are out now at our right. availability to use, what I right. would want to see is and because uh, that Moment Company. Since then, they have released several more lenses, which I, I have like um, those um, to be able to switch back and forth between your tight shot using the 58 millimeter lens. Um, you have your medium shot, uh, no, no lenses, just uh, the regular 24, 20 uh, millimeter focal length, and then having your, your wide either using uh, anamorphic lens or their. 18 millimeter, or if you want to go extra wide, there 14 millimeter for the specific time that it would call to use something that uh, drastically wide. But for something to try to get a little closer to how every other movie is shot with those um, various focal lengths, and and uh, something that I I forgot to bring up before about the uh, Snow Steam Iron Mm -hmm. was that the uh, another reason I thought it may have been an iPhone 10 was because of the uh, depth of field. And I think that is because of the larger sensor that was in the later iPhones, that the earlier iPhones, the sensors were a lot smaller, so it was more difficult mm. to get any kind of depth of field, which is why, as you watch both of those, everything is in focus, and nothing is out of focus.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Where, with the snow-seam iron, the, the times when it gets really close to the gun, or... Uh, anything else that right. I get really close to everything right. in the background was blurred
0: right you even see uh, the main character's um, fingerprint actually yeah. which is something I thought was interesting and and I think you're right because yeah. it, looking at Tangerine looking at Unsane uh, like I mentioned before about how they're very rounded like they're it's not as defined, and and yeah, that was something that did set uh, Snow Steam Iron apart was that it was more defined. You know what I mean? You saw the um the like wood grain and things like that. You know what I mean? It things stood out, details stood out. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think that about wraps it up for our breakdown and conversation of uh Phil. Unless you had anything else that uh you wanted to put into it?
1: I think that about covers uh, any of the the issues that I had uh, with those movies, outside of like, you know, actually just liking uh, all of these movies and that they were able to be done with phones.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting to see something like this, to see people shoot with a phone in a serious, way and submit a film kind of like again with this breakdown video um that rj put out bakulo i'm sorry if i keep butchering his name <laughs> bakulo i don't know uh i honestly don't know and i'm sorry but like he mentions that he shot on the phone and he did it for a con like a um a contest you know a local contest um so it's interesting to see Professionals using cell phones as a viable medium, you know what I mean. It kind of gives it validity that it's something that could be done yeah. and could be done professionally, could be done well. You know what I mean.
1: Oh, one more thing. Sure. Uh, still re- related uh, in this world of uh, shooting things on phones. uh it's sure. a little outside of a movie thing shot with one, but it's something that I came across recently related to, to something else. So there is this this. Uh, YouTuber, his name is Daniel Schiffer, and some of his, like, more popular videos that that he's put out um, would be, like, a little uh, commercial kind of a um, video that that he would make, and well, he's using uh, Salar, or DSLR, and recently I had seen in a Reddit uh, group for the Pixel phones, I think it was, that someone had used a Pixel 6 to shoot something in the style of this uh, Daniel Schiffer person, and it happened to look pretty close to uh, his, his style of, of shooting, which uh, I, I can send you the, the link to those if you would want to like include them in the, the show notes or anything.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But I, I was just uh, surprised that someone actually did it, and it did happen to look as good as I thought it could have uh, if someone did it.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think that's a good segue, too, uh, because uh, in closing, too, I wanted to talk more to you. And I'm sure, like, in talking to you, you know, to to bring about more validity to your background uh, and find out more about you as somebody who is behind the camera. So I wanted to ask you some questions along those lines as well and, and get your... Uh, I mean, I know we briefly talked about it before, but, you know, just like... Like, what your favorite type of like? Do you prefer film? Do you prefer digital? What what camera do you like uh, the most over some of your other cameras? Uh, I just I just wanted to to highlight a little bit about um, what you do. Yeah, I I've really been getting
1: into uh, the film photography lately, uh, starting with that first mm-hmm. thirty-five dollar this Ilford uh, Sprite thirty-five II and right. that started the addiction and then uh upgraded <laughs> uh to this uh Olympus OM-2N um mm-hmm. uh this uh SLR and that one I also really liked the I I feel like of all of the uh, film SLRs that that one was probably the easiest uh for me to get into um just because uh all I don't know if all of the others, but I think uh, a lot of the other ones that you would need a separate uh light meter to know um what to set your your shutter speed and and the uh, things that um with with this camera it has a metering system inside uh of the the viewfinder and so as long mm-hmm. as the, the needle is right in between the the two little markers and I know that my my shot would be. Properly exposed. So it's been a lot easier um, using that camera than I I think it would have been if I had gotten any other kind of camera. But um, I haven't used any other um, DSLRs other than forced to have to learn how to use my my mom's uh, Icon E7100, I think it was, uh, only because she Mm -hmm. refuses to read the user manual and wants to, uh, you know take the good looking pictures, but doesn't want to put in the effort to, to do it. So then she'll just hand the camera to me, and oh, you, you figure it out. And so I'll right. end up taking it for her. But yeah, that's right. that's, that's the only one uh, that I've used.
0: Right, trying to think of what camera my wife uses, but when we were shooting um, for that uh, short film that I did, um that was on a DSLR for the most part, except for that one scene that we mentioned prior, Oh, yeah. Um,
1: it was your DSLR that we used.
0: Yeah, it was hers. It was a Canon rebel. Oh, that's, that's uh, I, don't, right. I don't remember which one, but it was a Canon rebel. But yeah, since you mentioned shooting on DSLRs, uh, I was going to bring that up as well. Uh, technically yeah. you did shoot on her DSLRs. <laughs> yeah.
1: I guess it was the so. only two that I've, I've ever used, but outside of that, it's just been right. starting with my phone, that one film camera, and now this second film camera. But, uh, one one day uh i would want to maybe um jump up again with another camera to medium format uh film as Mm -hmm. opposed to 35 millimeter film um Mm -hmm. but that would be like after the whole photography business uh it's up and going a little bit more and um being able to to provide like a higher detailed film photos uh, I got to that point but still having fun with the 35 millimeter at the moment
0: right yeah um because i know you were you were shooting on that uh what was it a disposable camera that when we were on vacation
1: it's like a reusable disposable uh, it's essentially disposable, right. but yeah i could reuse it that that was the ilford sprite 35 2 just saying the name for right. anyone who's curious about it and would want to look it up there to, to see
0: right right yeah yeah because i mean you know like like you said you know shooting on film and uh and digital and so you've you've gotten good reception on the film ones i mean on both but mm-hmm. i'm saying like you know you've you've told me before that people didn't believe that you got that on a film camera you know disposable camera you know what i mean yeah
1: yeah yeah uh, especially since uh even this whole thing about uh the photography being a business uh was kind of like pushed on me by other people saying that I should start uh, selling some of the stuff that that I've been putting out there. So I like, okay, I, I guess I'm kind of including sell myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, on that on that note too, why don't you tell us uh, where other people can find you, uh, if they do want to see some of the shots that you do, um, and your footage and whatnot.
1: Uh, so I've mostly been posting it uh, to my Instagram, which is Willberry, but the Ws two Vs uh but i i managed to get uh instagram and twitter having the same name and the website No one got uh e v i l l v e r r y dot com so i got it so now everything has the the same name
0: right right yeah so and and you post i i get the notifications several times a day so there's all kinds of content constantly going up I turn the notifications on to I've been posting way
1: too frequently to, to be getting notified every time I post.
0: Yeah, no, I don't know what's up with my Instagram. I got to take a look at it. Uh, I mean, not that that's a big deal. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I get notifications all the time, several <laughs> times, like, at least three or four times a day. I have no that? idea. Is oh, Will posted something yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a big deal. I'm just saying it's kind of hilarious. Like, I'm like, oh, you know. So when I do go on Instagram, I'm not a big social media person. I, I, I... Most of the time I'm watching movies, you know what I mean? Yeah. uh, very rarely do I even play video games anymore. I'm mostly just watching films. So my point is is that I don't I'm not even on my phone. yeah <laughs> so that's why too if anyone's curious why a lot of my social media for the podcast is not you know as current or up to date. I mean, I do the show, I watch movies and I do the show. that's about. The extent of what I—I mean—and I work, but that's about be the extent of everything that I do. Yeah. Um, not to not to steal the the floor from you. I'm not trying to do that, but um, I'm just saying, yeah, no, uh, you're very active, is what I'm trying to say, which is good. I didn't realize that I know.
1: was blowing up your phone over here. Nah, you're
0: good. Which is you know good for a business though. You're you're you got a lot of stuff, and I know when again when we were on vacation, you uh you had several hundred photos that you were editing and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um you got a lot of uh a lot of stuff in your backlog. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, when uh I know that you've sold some prints before and I know that uh, you know, I'm not sure how you feel about that, but if, you know, if people are interested in something, you know, I guess reach out to you, right? If if people were interested in Purchasing a print or anything,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, they they should all be uh visible uh, on the site or uh, on the Instagram, also. That any of those uh people would be able to see, but yeah, I should have those uh available for for prints,
0: yeah. And there might be more. I mean, at time of recording, you know, your site, uh, you like you said, you you have it, Mm -hmm. um, but it's got to get up and going, but once there might be more if you're listening to this in the future as uh AJ and I were talking about future people uh in the last talk, you know, future people, you might have a uh chance over the people beforehand yeah. and be able to buy some more stuff that weren't readily available. But yeah, I mean, well, it was it was good talking uh about film and and learning from the perspective of somebody behind the camera and what their thoughts on different films uh, are. Is there any uh, closing thoughts that you had, Will? Uh,
1: closing thoughts? I, I just, I want uh, for some more films to be put out there with phones, but like a little bit more of the, the variations of the focal length. That's like my only thought.
0: Uh, right. Well, I mean, there is still many more on this list and you know, uh, we can possibly, I mean, if you don't check it out on your own, we can. Uh, Hey everybody. Sorry. Um, so funny story about our recording. It dropped out a second time, right before we said goodbye and, uh, Will was nice enough to come back and help close out. So, uh yeah will it was uh nice having you on the show nice talking to you and uh we had a good time
1: yeah thanks for having me
0: yeah and uh so about that that about does it um hopefully it doesn't cut off this time so yeah tune in for more episodes and uh, uh happy streaming <laughs>